Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet. Today I'd like to examine what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of September 19, 2022. And for this week's episode, I'd like to discuss the global proliferation of EVs and the impact that this proliferation will have on future commodity prices and commodity availability. And to provide the subject matter expertise needed to analyze this complicated topic, my guest today is Mike Bush, VP, Global Business Development for Primrose Alloys. So with that introduction, I'd like to welcome you, Mike. Thanks for having me again, Mike. Hope you're having a great day. It's getting off to a great start. So it's actually the start of my day. So let's get uh, into the discussion. So the real thing that is getting my attention is the fact that we have these mandates that are coming up. And the mandates are for 2035 for all future new vehicle production in the European Union to be zero emission electric vehicles. And in the US, we have the state of California likewise having a mandate for zero emission vehicles. And the thought that's going through my mind and, and looking to get your subject matter expertise on this topic is what impact is this going to be having on commodity prices and commodity availability in particular for aluminum and copper, which are really the key components in electric vehicles today? Well, a, a great topic. And it's something that I think uh, very few of us really consider as we look forward. One of the things is today, you know, the average vehicle only is about 10% aluminum. In order for the transition to occur uh, to electric vehicles, we're gonna have to lighten that vehicle up considerably. Um, and, and again, the demand is gonna continue to increase by probably 50 or 60% uh, for the aluminum. Uh, copper also is a very key component. Uh, today, there's uh, less than 100 pounds. Moving forward, you're gonna have to look at three to 400 pound increase. And kind of the net impact to that today as we transition to it, we're gonna to need to come up with, in the US uh, as a nation, uh, approximately a million additional tons of available aluminum and approximately the same quantity of uh, copper. Mm -hmm. And the EU is looking at 1.4 million metric tons, which is a little heavier than ours for aluminum, and then also a similar quantity for the copper. And you know, the automotive industry isn't the only user of these commodities, in particular aluminum. You know, for instance, the number one buyer of aluminum, finished aluminum in the world is the aviation industry. And on top of that, they end up buying a more expensive grade of aluminum. I believe it's a 7,000 series aluminum uh, for aviation while automotive is 6,000 series aluminum, less expensive. So aviation for the mills, for the aluminum mills is actually a more attractive customer than uh, the automotive industry. And what kind of impact is this tug of war and competition for these uh, commodities going to be having on future availability and pricing? Yeah, the the airline industry in particular with the uh, mothballing of all the aircraft during the pandemic, as they emerged, uh, they realized that the cost of bringing those uh, aircraft back online was going to be more costly than transitioning to new. So typically, the airline industry, the orders are during an up period and then deliveries are down period. So there's less demand for the aluminum during that down period. 
what we have here is a regulatory focus to transition to EV vehicles, which are aluminum and copper intensive, co coming together with an increased demand for aircraft. And at this point, Boeing and Airbus, uh, for example, have record orders for the next three to five years. So again, usually they were offset due to the economy, but this time it's, it's really coming together uh, at the same time. Uh, also to your point, uh, a 7,000 alloy is much more expensive than a 6,000 series alloy that typically goes into the auto uh, industry. So if you had a choice as a mill, who would you sell to? A higher revenue, higher profit generator for sure. And and there's going to be that tug of war as you described it. And copper is going to be no different. Uh, there's miles and miles of copper and cabling inside that aircraft. Again, they're going to be competing for a limited supply. Yeah, so not only do you have demand exerting upward pressure on pricing and, and also uh, putting more demands on availability of these products, but likewise, production costs are going up with the produced uh, finished aluminum, uh, in particular, natural gas prices and electricity prices. And we're already witnessing that in Europe. Um, we've already seen and heard about several major mills that are closing production uh, temporarily because of these high production costs. And uh, likewise, uh, uh, here in the US, a major aluminum uh, smelter plant, uh, Century, is uh, closing down temporarily. Uh, explain the impact on that and uh, what, will, what are the ramifications there? Now, and, and again, uh, I think it's important to go back and realize that from the time it, the raw materials are pulled out of the ground at the mine site and then processed, that they go through a series of heating, which is a combination of natural gas and electric intensive processes. Uh, here in the U.S. in particularly, you, you run into uh, the, the cost increase uh, referencing the mill in Kentucky that's closed down. Europe, because of the situation over there today, uh, the announcements are really predicated in the fall time. At this point, it gets tighter because you need it to heat the homes. It, it's going to continue to increase. And as demand increases, again, we're going to need a lot more energy for sure. Yeah, you'll be having competition for that energy. And also uh, the European governments are talking about rationing that uh, energy in order to um, preserve the stockpiles uh, without depleting the stockpiles as quickly as, uh, as they would otherwise. And a lot of this is predicated on geopolitical situations because a lot of the natural gas coming into Europe comes from Russia. And already um, there's a moratorium on uh, the shipment of natural gas into Europe. And the question is, how long is that more drawing going to last? That's correct. I mean, uh, Russia obviously was a big supplier of natural gas to that region. Uh, the European governments have been active in searching out other resources, but let, let's just say you have to move something from Uzbekistan. You're going to have to containerize that natural gas because there's no pipeline. And then you're going to have the delay in shipping and then the additional cost to get that pressurized vessel over there and then transferred into the system. Mm. And it's not going to be an easy solution. No, and, and there's definitely going to be short term um, disruptions and those short term disruptions are going to be putting that upward pressure on pricing. So that's something that we can anticipate. 
You know, another area that people look at is um, using scrap aluminum, copper, you know, recycled material um, and reconfiguring it for other uses. But, you know, the demand is such that that's not um, financially feasible. Could you maybe elaborate on that a bit? Well, one of the things is the demand for copper and aluminum has risen pretty dr drastically since the pandemic ended. And as we look forward to this transition from steel and vehicles to aluminum and then the additional copper, both for the vehicle and for the infrastructure, uh, the demand is outpacing the scrap availability. Therefore, it's reliant on new material or new mined material which again, both are very energy intensive, whether you're reclaiming scrap or whether you're producing new material. Again, it's all added cost as we move forward, uh, regardless of the fluctuations on commodity pricing. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other thing is it, these, uh, it's not just the proliferation of EVs that uh, is impacting availability and pricing, you know, aluminum and copper are used throughout the industry and in terms of our upfit industry, the regular internal combustion vehicles and so on. So I think there's going to be an across the board increase uh, or pricing pressure increases. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? No, most definitely. There's going to be a transition period where uh, both uh, internal combustion engine and electric vehicle uh, is going to be produced simultaneously. So Essentially, you're going to have anywhere from a 20 to 40 percent increase in demand while you maintain both of the vehicles that are in production. And that's something I don't think we've really addressed, that you're essentially increasing it, the demand, mm -hmm. by twofold, just by having both available. True. Well, this is a dynamic uh, market, and uh, we'll be addressing this in the future. But at the moment, we've reached our allotted time, Mike, and I want to thank you again for this follow-up interview, and we'll uh, have a similar interview uh, later in the year. Hey, thanks a lot for the invitation, and I hope it's helpful for your viewers.